Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Kingdom REI podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond. Welcome back to the show, man. I, I just love what we get to do every single week is interview kingdom-minded real estate investors who are serious about building their business, their real estate portfolio for Gas Kingdom. And, and today we have the special honor of, of interviewing uh, not just a real estate investor. He's a part-time real estate investor and a full-time pastor. And uh, this really relates to my story and my heart because I spent, you know, six years in full-time vocational ministry. So uh, really excited to introduce you guys to Bernie Lund and get to hear his story today. Bernie, how are we doing, man? I am doing awesome. Thrilled to be here. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Ellis. I, I know we're just kind of getting to know each other, but yeah, I spent six years here doing ministry at San Diego State, awesome. which is like college ministry on steroids is the best way I can <laughs> describe it. <laughs> Where are you a pastor at, man? Tell folks where you're where you do pastoral ministry. Uh, I'm at Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in Linda Vista, San Diego, uh, Linda Vista part of San Diego. I'm very familiar with uh, your old neighborhood there in San Diego State. I used to live off uh, El Cajon and 70th. So um, definitely the college area I'm familiar with. Um, I enjoy it very much. And uh, thank you for ministering to to those folks for for many years. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. So so Ber Bernie is a, is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. Class of 2003, uh, but like I said, is is doing uh, ministry and has been a pastor at Canyon Ridge Baptist here in San Diego, um, but also a, a real estate investor. I'm excited for you guys to get to hear a story. Asked him before the show how much he spends time on real estate versus pastoral ministry. He says he does about 16 hours a week, which is a what? A little more than two hours a day. Bernie, I'm sure it doesn't kind of equate like that, right? But I mean, 16 yeah. hours, a couple hours a day here and there. Sure, it's always in flux, you know, when you're doing something uh, part time. And yeah. I have my big real estate days, but I try to do a little bit each day just because, you know, there's a lot of emails coming through and stuff that has to be managed. Right. So. And so what's cool though, like, yeah, guys, and it's why I, no one has an excuse. And if you're serious, if you make a decision to, to get into real estate, since 2020, they've done uh, a 29 unit apartment deal mm -hmm. uh, as well as a 75 unit apartment deal. Yes. Uh, as a full-time pastor. And so I'm really looking forward to just kind of diving into both of those deals and hearing how you've done that. And, and especially how you've balanced between kind of your work as a pastor, but also as a real estate investor. So that's what we get to uh, look forward to today. But first, Bernie, let me just uh, pray for us, man, and then we'll get going. Please. Father, thank you. Thank you for um, for Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that is with us today. And, and we welcome uh, we, we welcome you into this interview. Uh, we pray that it would just be a blessing, uh, that it would cause ripple effects. God, we, we need more testimonies like this of men and women who are committed to the kingdom of Christ um, in, in so many different environments, in full-time vocational ministry, in the marketplace. Today we get to hear of a man doing both. And so I uh, pray that this, this time God would inspire, equip us, encourage us 
uh, to really live for you in, in just a bigger and bolder way, Jesus, that your, your name may be made great and your people may be served. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Bernie, let, let's dive in, man. I mean, where do we start? So when did your real estate investing career kind of begin and, and why? Like, what, what was, was there a pain point that you said, hey, pastoral ministry is not giving me, like, what was the pain point that caused you and your family to say, hey, we, we need to go do something different? Yes, you hit the nail on the head. I think everybody that gets into real estate always. Has I know because I've been there, dude. I've been in. I, I know there's got to be a pain point somewhere, so I'm excited to hear. For sure. Let me start out and just say, my church uh, takes great care of me and my wife and our staff. Uh, my senior pastor, Chris Chadwick, uh, he's a great leader, and so my pain point was not because uh, I was not being paid enough. Uh, far from it. However, uh, my wife and I, um, through good preaching, through the things that God has done in our life, we really wanted to give sacrificially to missions, worldwide missions. And we did that through our church. And just because I think it's important that people hear the testimony, you know, for God's glory, we, we've been hovering around giving 30% of our income for many years uh, to the cause of Christ through tithes and uh, missions. And uh, we have been able to increase our missions every year, uh, you know, as our church has uh, annual uh, opportunities to do that. And we reached a point where we're like, you know, we got we to gotta take care of our family for the future. And we also want to keep giving to missions and do more for Christ in that area as God provides. But in order to do that, something's got to give, something's got to change. And so uh, our pain point really was that we were, I guess we got kind of tired of voluntarily living, um, you know, <laughs> very tight budgets and said, you know, there's got to be something else that we can do to continue to allow us to be generous and to allow us to, um, you know, take care of our family in a meaningful way in coming years. And a lot of people throw around the word generational wealth, but hey, we want to take care of our kids. We don't want to be a burden on our church when we retire uh, or our kids, you know, when we're older. And so God just opened the doors and, you know, I could keep going on and on, but I'll, I'll kind of let you jive in and ask, you know, direct, direct the interview how, how you would like, but that's where it started. Yeah, no, I love that. So you had the desire. Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. You have the desire. Is there a difference between desi desire and decision? And if so, you had the desire. When did you make the decision to do something about it? Um, we made, okay. Uh, let me ask, answer your first questions. Uh, great question, by the way. I love it. Um, I, for sure, there's there a big difference between desire and decision. And since I'm a pastor, you know, I'll quote the Bible. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, you know, the slothful man desires to eat, but will not even bring the food to his mouth. So there's a desire in a lot of people to do a lot of things, to be wealthy, to be successful, to be spiritual, to grow close to God, to do whatever, have a great family, have a great life. And um, the difference is that you're going to have to do something about that if you want to make that a reality. And God allows us to make those choices. And so my wife and I basically had, uh, you know, had that pain point or whatever. We realized we need to do something to improve our financial situation. And uh, it so happened that, um, I mean, I was looking at a lot of things. I was going to sell website domains. I was looking for like, like a side job I could do. And I had not yet read, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's book. And so I didn't understand the concept of trading my time for money or putting my money to work for me instead. And so uh, I was going down all the wrong ideas. And then God brought into our life a family 
that got that was doing the rental business. They were basically grabbing homes for cheap in Memphis, Tennessee. And we looked at that and said, man, at those price points, even people like us can afford to get into real estate. And so we decided, you know, to learn more about that and to really, in a sense, uh, begin to be mentored by them. And that started our kind of a, the path of real estate for us. Hmm. But you didn't stay there though, because, uh, you know, you guys, 29 units, 75 units, that's not flipping homes, man. So what did you learn in that process? And let me, uh, I guess, toot God's horn a little bit and just say that last week or maybe 10 days ago now, we went under contract for our third. Amazing. Um, 136 units okay. uh, as well. And so anyway, glory to God for that. But uh, what uh, kind of moved us away from single family homes is, you know, we, we did three or four and we realized that it was going to be a long haul uh, to get where we wanted to be, probably a 10 year journey. I mean, you can do the math, map it out and realize, all right, we save, buy, save, buy, save, buy. It's going to take a while. And uh, I had been devouring podcasts and trying to learn and just grow in my understanding of this whole new world of real estate. And I ran across some podcasts that really emphasize multifamily. And I realized that, you know what, that is the path and that's the path for me um, because syndication in particular uh, allows you to basically do those kind of deals without having all that personal cash yourself. And so that was kind of the beginning of our, our launch into commercial. And so, yeah, that's, we, we started with uh, single families in 2019, uh, early in the year, like April, and then we closed well, we decided to go into multifamily at the end of that year, about December, joined a mentorship program. And then uh, the following year, in August of 2020, we closed on the 29 units. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's talk about, so you made the decision we're going to get into multifamily. You joined a mentorship program, which is awesome, kind of giving, getting you around the ecosystem of people doing deals. Yes. So how did that first deal land? Did you guys find the deal? Did someone bring the deal to you? Talk about kind of the process of how, that, how you got started. Yes, um, someone brought the deal to us. Um, so through our single family homes, we already had a relationship with a property manager. We were out of state uh, investing in Georgia, living in California. So we had to have third party property management. And they had heard that we were shifting over into the commercial and multifamily space. And lo and behold, they were going to manage this property themselves. It fell out of contract uh, with the, that's, uh, that purchaser, that buyer. And same day, the CEO of our property management company, he called me and said, hey, Bernie, I know you're looking at multifamily. Uh, we were going to manage this property. It just fell out of contract. Maybe you'd be interested. And I looked at it that night and I said, very interested. And uh, I think we had it under contract uh, three days later. Wow. So walk us through that process, man. So you're in, you're doing, you're in full-time vocational ministry. You've been doing some real estate deals. Now, all of a sudden, you make the decision, you're under contract on, I mean, a million dollar deal, right? I mean, essentially what it was. Yeah, 1.4. 1.4. So you got to get, so like for everyone listening, okay, so you're a commercial real estate deal. So you got to get qualified, meaning you have to have a net worth equal to the, to the loan size. You have to have liquidity mm -hmm. of at least 10% of the deal, typically from the lender. And now you got to go raise what, 250, 300 grand on this well, deal? Well, 
it was actually a big, uh, uh, a little bit of a lift and um, the timing of uh, the markets and everything. It was actually $845,000 rate. <laughs> okay, so of the ante, my point, eight hundred fifty. <laughs> yeah. What do you well, um, like knock all those out for me, man. Like the, cause I'm just, you know, all about one connection, right? So like lay out the connections that had to start taking place. Yeah. It, it's all about connections. You hear that all the time in real estate. It's about who, you know, and who you meet and don't ever despise a meeting that you have. Like the smallest person you think that you meet could change your, the trajectory of your real estate career. And, um, I, I, I tried to go it alone, uh, before joining the mentorship program and, it just got really hairy to, I don't know what else word to use. And I, I got really spooked out and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm dealing in things that I can't handle. Uh, these are beyond my abilities and I don't have, I, at the time, I don't think I could scrape together $25,000 in cash. And so I'm here talking to brokers, pretending like I know what I'm doing, you know, talking about million dollar deals and such. And I realized I needed that mentorship. And so, as I went through that mentorship, um, my mentor really walked me through all of that. And he walked me through how to talk to brokers and how to talk to property managers and how to develop uh, in an investor base. And, you know, he had contacts for me, for a CPA, for an attorney, for uh, all these people that you need to do a real estate deal. Honestly, I didn't expect that my property manager would be really the mover and shaker for that deal. But I don't know if this is what you're asking, but I had to partner into that deal. Um, I, I was not able to do it all myself. Uh, I thought I was. I really tried hard to. Uh, I was a little bit misguided in some ways. Um, not that it was a bad goal, uh, but I ended up uh, partnering with three other guys. One of them brought the net worth and the liquidity. The other two helped me with the capital raise. I raised about two hundred fifty thousand myself, so a quarter million. Uh, they each raised about three hundred thousand, and um, together we got the deal done and uh, we closed and. It was uh, quite an experience. That first deal is is real transformative, I think, for most people's lives. And um, how sure did you meet the net worth guy or net worth uh, girl? It was actually my mentor. Uh, he he didn't offer that at the beginning. I didn't ask him. Uh, he was perfectly willing to let me do this thing 100% myself. Uh, but kind of in the 11th hour, I said, Drew, uh, I need some help here. Would you be my my you know KP and my um, you know yeah, my guarantor. And he said, no problem, man. That's what I'm talking about, guys. If you want to do business with people, I always say this, like you got to buy their stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you pay, you know what I mean? Like, cause you, so I love that, man. You had made the decision, you made the commitment, you had, you know, paid for the mentor and he's the guy who steps up and that doesn't always work that way. Or right? I don't, I don't right. partner with everybody that inside of our mastermind, but I'm sure much more willing to help, man. I'm sure I'm so much more willing. Cause like they got, you got, Hey, you have my attention. Sure, and I sure. think that's so key. You had that guy's attention. I'm just diving into this, man, because you're breaking yeah. down barriers for people, right? Of like, if Bernie can do it, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so 250, that's a lot of money, man. So I, I literally people think about oh, 250, where do I get 250 from? Like, that's, right. that's insane. So how about 250? Like even 50 sounds like a lot. How'd you get 250? Well, uh, everybody starts this way, I think, or almost everybody, friends and family. And to be honest, it was it was friends and uh, a few pastors that uh, that I work with. And okay. so basically, my personal network, uh, God had uh, put an excitement in their hearts about what I was doing. I mean, it's not very often that you hear about pastors uh, launching into commercial real estate investment. 
and so it really they were really captured by the idea of the passive investment and um, you know if I can say it's just a perfect vehicle for full-time uh, anybody but especially ministry workers you know our our focus is supposed to be on the kingdom of, of God uh, upon helping people upon reaching people uh, sharing the gospel and to be dragged away from that focus um, yeah. you know is is hard and so um, it's, it's really nice to be uh, able to be passively investing in something like like a real estate syndication. So how do you go and pitch it to those guys? I mean, these guys know. So here's the hardest thing, I think, for folks. Like, they know you as the pastor, right? Sure. So, hey, man, I'm coming to you asking for 50 grand for a real estate deal, but you're still the pastor. Like, you're not the real sure. estate investor, right? Sure. So how do you communicate that vision and, and, and get them to trust you to a point where they say, I'm willing to give Bernie or whoever's listening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you changing that identity in their mind or even building that trust that they'll come in and partner with you on that deal. What, how did you communicate that? What did you do? Yeah, I, I think the key there is uh, being genuine and sincere. Like I am who I am. Like I'm not, uh, I'm not a wealthy guy. I'm not uh, an elitist. Uh, I'm an average guy. I live in a three bedroom, one bath home uh, in San Diego. Uh, three kids. I'm married happily to my wife. We have an old 2005 Dodge Durango. Uh, and you just have to be genuine with people and say, honestly, I just told them God has opened these doors in my life and allowed me to learn about this aspect of real estate investing. I find it really cool. Um, have you considered, uh, have you talked about it? And they basically saw what I was doing with the single family homes, with um, the commercial uh, shift. And they said, you know what, we want to be a part of that too. And so I think the trust was built already over our relationship. You can build trust quickly in conversations and things. But in this case, it was, I mean, we had a previous relationship that already was built on a foundation of trust. And so when I was just open and honest and told them what I was doing and uh, asked them if they would be interested in, in being a part of it, they, they said, count us in. Were you scared? Uh... I was going to ask you about what part, but the answer is everything. Yes. <laughs> Were you scared? I'm talking about the money part. Were you scared to ask them for to invest? I was. I hate asking for money, and it's really the wrong mentality. I've had to overcome that um, because I, I viewed it as, oh, this is benefiting me. Um, at some level, yes, but really, it's benefiting them. Um, like if you would in, if people will invest in anything but especially in our type of our deals and our syndications our style of investment uh, it opens amazing doors and in not very much time you can build significant wealth and that only benefits your families your churches uh, your relationships uh, and so I had to come to I, I continually have to come to the idea that this is not this is a benefit to the person I'm talking to and in actuality, I am offering them an opportunity and a chance to do something great with the money that God's given them. That's awesome, man. So, all right, this this deal, let's 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 advance. So amazing, yeah. like this is the best show on the planet, man. I love getting <laughs> interviewed. Like I love this. Like you don't know how you just have no idea how what you just said. How how many people that's going to serve, man? Because these are the conversations I literally just got got the call with a group of folks in our cyber mastermind, and like same thing, man. Just fearful of like making the call, 
Sure. And 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 it's really just between the ears, and yes. you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's really where it is, man. And, and and we need God. Like that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Like we got to realize our position of value. Ask God to give us a spirit of you know of boldness, um, and and get get rid of that spirit of timidity. What like whatever that is, a spirit of shame, like that the world has just kind of beaten into us. And so, anyways, man, I wanted to share that. But let's let's talk about today. So you're under contract on this deal. So what is business like? What does that look like for you now? Type of deals you're doing? How do you kind of set up your your day, pastor by day, real estate investor by night, to be able to find deals and raise money? And, and how you will go and execute on this hundred? How did how big did you say? Uh, one hundred thirty six units. Okay, so yeah, how do how do you take that down, man? Working sixteen hours a week. I think you just have to be very disciplined. Uh, it's a work in progress. I haven't arrived by any means, um, but you know, as you grow and get educated, and you know, grow in your ability to manage a business and things like that, you pick up tidbits along the way, and maybe a lot of them on podcasts like yours. And uh, one thing I'd heard is that. You should spend half your time in business development or lead generation. And so I'm really trying to apply that to my situation and meet everybody that I can, talk with everybody I can, and force myself, because I love spreadsheets and I could probably spend hours and hours and hours nuking out the spreadsheets, um, but that doesn't do anything for the business or for people or anything. And so I, had to, I just have to discipline myself that you know, I allot a certain amount of time to kind of the uh, asset management stuff and then a larger portion of the time to developing relationships mm-hmm. and growing the business. And so uh, I guess the short answer is is discipline and the discipline is easier to find when you have no other option, <laughs> which I'm kind of in that state. I, I didn't mention it. Well, I mentioned it briefly. I, I'm married to my wife, Leslie, and we have three young children. And I want to be a present father for them. Like, I don't want to be completely dedicated to uh, my calling in ministry and then completely dedicated to my hobby, if you want to call it that, real estate. Uh, I also want to be present in their life there for those important growth moments for them and uh, a good father and a good husband. And so uh, that forces me to say, you know, I have to divide my time up and say this much and no more which means that I have to be efficient with what I have. Yeah, I love that, man. Let me ask you this. What does this provide for you? Like three apartment deals, syndication deals. And just like, guys, you know, he doesn't own all the apartments. I love when I did my first deal, man. It was a 144-unit, $10 million deal, you know, and I was a very minority owner in it and posted that on Facebook. And I was still a pastor at the time. And people were like, you know, you're rich now. Like, what do you mean? What are you still doing raising money for your ministry? I'm like, y'all got the wrong idea, man. If you think I'm rich after 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 one real estate (laughs) deal, but I'm curious, like what, like what has this actually provided for you and your family? Like, are are you getting closer to your vision of, of of having margin? Talk talk to me about kind of how you structure your deals. Um, because just because you're putting together real estate deals, sometimes, especially in a syndication, a lot of that cash flow is going to investors first, Mm -hmm. right? At least how we structure our deals. So, Tell me kind of what this is actually doing for you um, and, and really helping you and your family. Well, in a, a moment of transparency, uh, I will say that it's not a, a uh, an issue of contention between my wife and I because we work together in this and we work through it. But it's a little bit, uh, it's like a snowball. 
uh, and so it starts small and then it grows and grows and grows and so we're still in the growing phase yeah. um, to be honest we've taken basically all of our personal profits from any deal and kind of rolled it into the next deal using it as risk capital and other things and then rolling it into the next deal and so we have not basically benefited our family immensely uh, yet in that but we can see the day coming and yeah. our goal is to grow the business you know to use the analogy to grow the gold the goose that makes the golden eggs uh, and not to focus on that first uh, golden egg um, that being said we do we are probably a little more free with uh, our uh, our spending than we than we could um, not on a daily basis but uh, we try to do uh, a trip or two for the kids uh, here and there just so that they we build memories together it has allowed us to increase our missions giving which was the plan in the beginning I don't know if I answered your question but basically it's still a work in progress and you're exactly right like nobody is rich right away no matter how big a deal they do in their first couple of deals uh, you're really building for that third, fourth, fifth deal uh, before things start to kind of snowball. Let me ask you one more question, man. So, and I know you know what I'm talking about, but you're sitting around the table with some folks and a lot, you know, let's just say we're sitting around some people, the table with some folks listening, and maybe there's a couple of people kind of talking about Man, I just, you know, things are tight budget-wise right now, and I'm busy, and, you know, like, economy's tough, and it, inflation's going, and the, the victim card keeps being played. Sure. Right? And, and maybe they're in ministry, you know, or maybe they're maybe they're not in ministry. It doesn't really matter. My point is you kind of know the type of person I'm talking about because we both sat at that table or maybe been on teams with those type of folks that – kind of blame the circumstance, even though they've made a decision to be there or not be there. But let's just say someone's really dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you, how, how would you minister as a pastor to that person who um, is hearing this, but maybe they're still in the back of the mind, like, yeah, but, sure. you know, yeah, but uh, what do you say? Great question. Uh, I am very careful when it comes to, to money as a pastor, just because money is so big in people's lives. Um, I, Jesus talked more about money than he did about faith and prayer combined. And so my starting point for any kind of discussion like that is always like, hey, where's your relationship with God? Uh, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so I always try to start the conversation um, there uh, with a person's relationship and walk with God first. Um, but if we do end up talking about money, then, you know, the issue becomes, you know, it's just a tool. And uh, I, I'm very sad by that, uh, saddened by that victim mentality. Um, I hate it because it's, it's so not true. Like we voluntarily, I guess you could consider us, uh, we lived poor, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't do great things even financially. And we live in the greatest country in the world. Uh, I love America and the opportunities that God has given us uh, through it, um, both spiritually and uh, financially. And, you know, anybody can do what we're doing. Uh, what we're talking about here is possible for anybody, or they can be a part of it. Maybe it's not in their uh, makeup to be the actual operator, or, but you can, you can be involved in real estate, you can build wealth, you can do those things and not betray uh, your your values 
and you also can do it uh, despite perhaps some of those fears or uh, limiting beliefs that you might have in your own head. And so uh, I just try to encourage people. I just try to tell them that, hey, just do what God wants you to do and he will provide and be willing to walk through the doors. Um, so often that uh, victim mentality really is an excuse or it's a cover for fear. Like uh, people don't want to take that step. It is a step of faith, even if it's not purely spiritual. You know, faith is just basically the belief in an outcome. You're putting your belief in an object. And in the spiritual realm, of course, we're talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, but in, you know, a financial term, we're talking about faith in a process or faith in the outcome. And um, it's a scary thing. I remember when we wired our first uh, $80,000 for two homes, we got that through our HELOC and stuff, but it was scary. We were like, oh man, I hope this isn't a scam. I hope it's <laughs> real. And yeah. um, it was a level of it was a different form of faith, uh, and you just have to be willing to take that risk and to make those decisions and really live with the consequences. And uh, I think sometimes people are not willing to do that, and so to make themselves feel better, they say, you know what, it's too hard for me. Uh, oh, the market didn't allow me to do that. Oh, my financial situation. Um, and we've all made those excuses in our own lives too. You know, when we didn't accomplish something that we wanted to, we always, you know, the tendency is to say, well, I wasn't able to because. And when we look in the mirror and we're totally honest with ourselves, then we have to say, no, I, I am the one responsible for this outcome. And therefore, I'm going to change something so that I get a different outcome next time. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Brother, how can uh, this podcast show and the folks who are listening serve you? Who are you looking to connect with? We've always talk, already talked about connections Kind of what's next and who do you need to know, man? <laughs> well, um, in terms of investors, uh, I say that my avatar is people like me, uh, pastors or people like us, I should say, uh, pastors, full-time Christian workers. Uh, mission I'm not a pastor. I mean, I am a pastor, but I don't get paid to be a pastor anymore. <laughs> oh, there you go. There so, you go. Uh, but yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of who I'd love to talk to. Um, there's an idea sometimes in ministry that you have to be poor. Uh, and I'd say use every resource that you have for the glory of God. And God's mm -hmm. not against money. He's against money having hold of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to, to help pastors and full-time Christian workers understand that. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'd love to talk to anybody. And yeah. that's kind of my commitment. I don't, I'm not a, a big-time guy. Uh, I have an email. I have a phone number. But I promise you that if you reach out to me, then I will give you a uh, some of my time, I will uh, awesome. dedicate, you know, 30 minutes of my time at least um, to helping you or talking with you, getting to know you, whatever. Bernie, what's your email? Uh, it's Bernie, uh, B-U-R-N-I-E, at ForgeEquityGroup.com. Okay, cool. And do you want to give your phone number? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, my personal cell phone number is 619-971-1279. Great. We'll make sure we have those in the show notes as well. I appreciate uh, that. Folks to get to know you. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to getting to know you more. You're here in San Diego, so we'll have to stay connected and uh, appreciate just your 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 um, support of this show and the message you gave, man. I'm telling you, it's going to serve a lot of folks. Well, I hope so. That's that's my prayer, and I really appreciate you hosting. Thanks for all you do, Ellis, uh, and uh, look forward to uh, 
to connecting with you at some point. Hey, how many of y'all think this would be helpful for folks in your church? Seriously, right? Like, how about how about so many people in your small group that are struggling financially, uh, that maybe you're making excuses? Um, maybe maybe we shouldn't say that in case you do share it with them. But <laughs> my point is, uh, share this episode, text it to someone right now, take a screenshot and put it on your social media. Maybe, maybe that's a softer way to, uh, to to tell someone about this episode and this show. Uh, I know that it can encourage the body. And for those who really need this so you know we do this for free and, and all we ask in return is that you help support by sharing this with somebody else and so uh, we did our part today i know bernie you brought it man i loved it thanks all for right. showing up powerfully guys we ask you to do your part in sharing this episode we appreciate you we'll see you next week cheers thanks again for having me hey just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is listen if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor then you'll want to go to the kingdom REI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.